2: Hey everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of the Premier League Podcast here on FanRag Sports. My name is Sebastian Norton and with me is Elliot Niblock. We are polyless today. Late, um... Late scratch. <laughs> late scratch, exactly. But he, he's got a little mobile take for you guys, so we'll, we'll, we'll get that once we get to the uh, the topic of the U.S. men's national team. As they are set to play some pretty important World Cup qualifiers here in the coming days. But first up, we got to talk about the silly season, the transfer window in England. It is slam shut. Slam shut. And there was a lot of things that went on. Some big deals that went through, like uh, Mbappe signing for Paris Saint-Germain. But then there was also the no deals. And that's where you come in here, Elliot. Because Alexis Sanchez reportedly... Had a medical at manchester city fee was agreed upon, and everything, but then it fell through because Arsenal were unable to get Lamar from Monaco
1: yeah i mean the, it, it, i'm of I'm of two minds about this um, it's the kind of thing where Alexis Sanchez is a proven superstar in the Premier League, and I think that Thomas Lamar is a player I rate highly. I mean, heck, you know, we're gonna again, we're gonna get to World Cup qualifiers, but he scored twice today for France. Yes, um, you know, if if insult to injury is not Arsenal's middle name, I don't know what is, but it's. It, it it's kind of the worst of both worlds, and admittedly, I don't know what the converse of rose tinted glasses are. I don't know, maybe smiling pile of poo tinted glasses. Mm. But yes.
2: the old poo glasses, I, the
1: old poo glasses. But I'm definitely viewing Arsenal's transfer business through those. But even you know, even were they rosy, it still looks pretty shit because Arsenal this whole summer have taken the hard line of. We're not selling Alexis Sanchez. We're willing to have him play out his contract. And then, you know, the media can't entirely be trusted with the silly season transfer rumors. But at the same time, it seems for all the world that not only did Arsenal backtrack on that and be willing to entertain bids from Manchester City, So not only did they break their word about, no, we're absolutely not selling Sanchez, he's staying. Then in breaking that, they fumbled it completely and were not able to bring in Thomas Lamar. I mean, at least it's – the worst, worst case scenario would have been selling Sanchez and then failing to sign Lamar. So Mm -hmm. we're not – you know, we're not in that lowest rung of hell where it's all ice and the devil is chewing on Brutus and Judas. No, we're not quite there, but we're pretty far down. Like, it was, I mean, it's it's a mess, you know. And we, right before we opened the show, you were talking about the players that Arsenal have in, which is uh, Kalashniak, great defender, a lot of time for him, free transfer And Alexander Lacazette in the realm of $45 With the sale of Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain to Liverpool on the heels of getting just absolutely shellacked by Liverpool, we're now in the black. Like, we have more money coming in than going out this transfer window. And it's the same every season. It's just we talk about war chests, war chests, war Mm -hmm. chests and then Stan Kroenke clap crashes his freaking check at the end of the year.
2: Yeah, and then you got in cuz you got 35 mil for Ch- Oxley Chamberlain. You I mean if we look back through the summer here, you got 14 million for Wojciech Chesney, you got 10 million for Gabriel, you got 7 million for letting Kieran Gibbs go to West Brom.
1: And then there the you know
2: the kind of the undisclosed the, ones.
1: Well, yeah, John Torrell and Kalen Hines for minor money, but it's on the whole, it's roughly 70 million in, 45 million out. Yeah. And it's, and the, you know, the reports coming out of Arsenal were just, or, you know, talking to the BBC sources close to Arsenal, um, that there's no money for a major deal. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? I mean, the you know that they publish their finances. Arsenal are one have been for years one of the richest football clubs in the world, and you're telling me that after we've already turned a profit this summer, we can't sign anyone. I, you know, maybe the the ninety
2: million bid for Lamar. I mean that it was it. True. I mean that was it though.
1: Yeah. But that that also that's I for my money that is overpaying. I think that Manchester United they paid through the nose but they got good value for money in Romelu Lukaku because he is a proven Premier League goal scorer. Like we Thomas Lamar is a player I rate highly but I don't I don't know that he's 90 million and I, it
2: it's tough. Yeah, I mean, you're paying a lot for potential there because he's only 21 years old too. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and that's Same the, with Mbappe. Yeah, and I mean that's the thing. You you're paying for a lot of potential and a big what if. You know, hope, well, it, uh, hopefully.
1: But honestly, I feel, I, I think that in the the overall the overall picture, Arsenal's sale of Alex oxlade Chamberlain to Liverpool looks pretty shameful, but. In a vacuum, just the sale of Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. I mean, a player who's been a a squad player. You can't call him more than a squad player during his tenure at Arsenal. Mm -hmm. And he still can't cross the ball into the box properly. And if you want... I mean, and I think that's part of the reason why he wants to play centrally and he sees no way forward doing that at Arsenal. Maybe he'll
2: flourish doing that. He'll, He'll get a chance at Liverpool.
1: Yeah, I... But... I mean, thirty-five million. They're also paying for potential because he—he he, unlike a Romelu Lukaku, unlike an Alexis Sanchez, he is not a proven Premier League superstar. No. And but it's just—I mean, these are the inflated transfer numbers that we're working with these yeah. days.
2: Yeah, and I mean the thing was, you know, Manchester United got a lot of shtick last summer when they signed Pogba. I mean, I understand paying that much to have a play return. Yes, that part I get. But as far as just the price for him, doesn't look that bad now.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, I I agree. But that's,
2: I mean, this is, uh, this it's is in, the it's money though.
1: ball world we live
2: in. Yeah, we'll see what happens in January. Because, I mean, there could still be a chance that Sanchez leaves in January. Unless they can come to some form of agreement.
1: No, I I would be shocked if Arsenal didn't negotiate a tran- a January transfer for Sanchez. Um, because I would be shocked if Arsenal were realistically contending for the Premier League in January. Yeah, but the, and then at that point, I mean, you got. You,
2: but you uh, got to uh, you got to call up Bayern Munich here. You got to call them up, say, hey, you know, Sanchez, do you want him? We want Thomas Muller. Can we get Thomas Müller? You get Sanchez? Maybe, no, some, maybe some money, chances hand too.
1: I that I that is a swap deal that I would take with both hands, but I don't see happening. I mean, may, yeah, maybe it would be Arsenal will give fifteen million and Alexis Sanchez, which honestly would be fine, mm-hmm. like because we're not going to get much more than ten million for him when he's going to leave on a free. But oh, that's. No. But but the other thing is that this is. I mean this is one of those frustrating things. We we talk a lot about the fantasy world of FIFA video games or football manager on this podcast. But it seems so easy in theory to do it. And I just – admittedly, none of us have worked for a top football club. Like we don't know the nitty-gritty of what goes on. But – it is clear that even without knowing the nitty-gritty the view from 10,000 feet is that Arsenal are terrible at negotiating transfers. Yes. And so I don't even believe that they're going to do that. Like I it seems so obvious and so easy to negotiate at least some money before the January window opens and he can sign on a free before then to pre-negotiate a January transfer. Yeah, yeah, like, you have
2: to do that. You have you, you absolutely you have, have to, have to. But, but, there's, but this is what I'm
1: so infuriated about is that there are so many, well, you have to do X that Arsenal just don't do. I mean, it, it's a, a culture of complacency at the football club that I find abhorrent and infuriating and our rivals, rightfully so, find hilarious. You know, I mean, if I, if I was a Spurs fan, God forbid, I would be laughing all day Today at Arsenal, oh yeah, and they should be because we're a stock.
2: Yes, good segue too, though, because Tottenham—they made two, in my book, very good moves. They brought in Fernando Llorente from Swansea, mm-hmm.
1: that's and a, Serge Aurier,
2: and he then yeah, then they got Serge Aurier from PSG, Longtime time
1: Arsenal target, and I—he th- I, is a defender I rate very highly. He is a defender whom I would love to have at Arsenal, given our defensive shambles, and now he's playing for our rivals in North London. I is mean, it- it's.
2: Is it bad that you kind of miss uh, Bakary Sagna? Uh,
1: I, mostly. I mostly I miss singing his song.
2: Mm. You miss his hair.
1: Dodgy hair. We don't care, Bakary Sagna. Yeah.
2: No. I mean, you, Fernando Llorente, I think that's a solid backup. I would have him over Vincent Johnson every day in the week.
1: Yeah. No. I'm, they. I mean, this is. It seems like year in, year out the story with Arsenal football club with the, the occasional pockmarked quote unquote big signing is we see, we see weaknesses in our squad and we watch our rivals strengthen and our hand is forced to sell a player that we don't really want to sell. And it's just, it, it, it's infuriating. I mean I do I do have a silver lining about all of this that we'll get to in a little bit when we talk about World Cup qualifiers. But it's not I mean, you know, it, it's a very thin penumbra of silver in an otherwise pretty shitty moon. Yeah.
2: After letting Llorente go, Swansea signed Wilfred Bonney from Manchester City. Bonnie's, you know, last his last stint with Swansea was very successful, so they, they hope can that he can hit the ground running there. And then Somehow they got Renato Sanchez on loan from Bayern Munich.
1: Yeah, that that what really? I, was,
2: I read the rumor. I was like, why in the world would Bayern send Sanchez to Swansea? No, but, you know, no disrespect to Swansea, but I feel like there's clubs that are significantly better that he can go well, on loan to.
1: No, yeah, are I mean, you're right. On, on the one hand, you're absolutely correct, and I think that there's a point to be made about you're playing like the quality of the players around you can raise the level of your game when you're a young player who's developing. But at the same time, I mean, show me a name on the team sheet at Swansea city. That's before Renato Sanchez. There is none, maybe bony, <laughs> but that, I mean, he's, he's going to get so much playing time. Though. Oh yeah. So it's, I, Maybe they're they're better teams, but I I also I have a suspicion about Swansea City, and I wonder how long they've been working on that deal because so much of their transfer business, you know, Sigurdsson forcing a move, selling Lorente at the last moment, you know, did they like was the, how long was that in the works? Because if they knew they were getting him, I mean, we talked about okay, is Gilfie Sigurdsson worth this much? Is he worth more than that to Swansea if he's the difference of them getting relegated or not? I mean, hell, Renato Sanchez could be the difference now. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Uh, we saw Watford do two, two signings. They brought in uh, Orestes Karnesis, the Greek goalkeeper from Udinese. Uh, it's weird when because they're owned by the same family. It's I, I really don't like that. Uh, but it is what it is. Uh, So he goes on a season-long load of Watford, and then they signed uh, Marvin Segelar. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, From Sporting Lisbon, 27-year-old Dutchman. Um, So we'll see Watford there. Oh, oh, they also did another loan move from Udinese. Uh, These names, man. Mola, uh, (laughs) Mola MolaVaug. W-A-G-U-E vague I'm gonna say vague Mola that's fine
1: you you know Seb you're still always gonna be the pronunciation expert because while my German is pretty good you're the only one among us who is properly multilingual
2: yeah he's been he's been capped 25 times from Mali Um, so yeah Watford doing some stuff there Marco Silva at the helm so we'll see we'll see I think they could be a a lot better than I thought they would be and I, I created Marco Silva with a lot of that um Elsewhere, I mean, Kylian Mbappé, of course, that was a big, big move here. What I don't like, though, is that PSG, their way of sort of circumventing the financial fair play rules. Exactly. It's a
1: big middle finger to UEFA.
2: It really is. Uh, There was a nice meme of a pug peeing all over, and there was like uh, PSG (laughs) responding to financial fair play, and it was just pissing all over. So, yeah, they got him on a loan here now, and then they're going to pay out the nose for him next summer. Yeah. So, and then we should say that Nani went to a loan from Valencia to Lazio. So, there we go.
1: Good for you, buddy.
2: Yeah, good for you. Uh, We're going to take our first break here. When we come back, it's time for some World Cup qualifying action. So, stick around. Okay, and we're back. And World Cup qualifiers. Uh, we should start off by saying congratulations to Japan. They are securing or they did secure a spot in the World Cup here with a two nothing win over Australia. Yeah. And
1: month. and the goal that sealed the victory is Kremlin Arsenal striker Takuma
2: right. Asano. There we go. When are we gonna but see which, when are we gonna see him play for Arsenal?
1: Maybe never. Right, because if I was Takuma Sano and I'm playing for Stuttgart in the Bundesliga, why, why, why would I leave one of the top leagues in the world to play at a team that is floundering in, admittedly, the best league in the world? So it's
2: it's a small, like I
1: say, I. I, I Previewed it in our last segment. It's a very, very small silver lining.
2: Yeah, and he would probably get like a handful of games in the League Cup, anyways. So yeah, that's about it. I mean,
1: but and, the, I mean, part of his loan deal is that he. No, I, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, he's he's a young player. We're talking about buying potential. He's only twenty two. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was denied a work permit, and for for Arsenal fans, this at least goes some way in. Getting him that uh, illustrious English work permit in order to play in the Premier League, you know. Yeah,
2: that's going to be. I, I wonder how they're going to handle that with Brexit. I I know we've talked about it before, but I need to read up on that again. Um, I did see though that a lot of the Japanese players play in Germany.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for for example, now he is in the Premier League, but Shinji Okazaki is. Um, Example, um, if I'm not mistaken, Keisuke uh, Honda played in Japan for a while, did he not?
2: In Germany? Um, or in Germany,
1: yeah, excuse me. Obviously, yes, obviously he played in Japan.
2: No, he was in Russia.
1: Uh, well, yes, I know he was in Russia. I'm, was he I'm in Germany before I'm Deutschland that? and the, the Netherlands. He played in the Netherlands for a while. No. And also he played at Milan for a minute. I yeah. forgot
2: about that. Yeah, he's in Pachuca now.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's he's another player I rate highly. I think he'll probably kind of have his swan song at this next World
2: Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Villa earned a uh, call-up to the Spain national team after being out of the squad for like three years. Yeah, so, which
1: is truly remarkable given the general ire and vitriol that the MLS suffers in Europe. But
2: Yeah, but at the same time, I, I mean, good on him for making it back.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, he's, he's had a phenomenal year.
2: Yeah, and I mean, he's 35 years old, too. Yeah. So, yeah. very good on him, but at the same time, I am not sure that he's going to see any playing time.
1: Well, we'll see. I yeah, I mean, here's, here's my question. Do we think that there's any real, even outside chance, that he makes it to the World Cup? Or is this a call-up? when he's in good form, when his, you know, his league is like, he's, he's not just in good form, but he's in league form, right? Like he's coming into the end of the season, whereas most other players are just in the beginning of the season. So there's that. And I mean, I think it's a combination of the fact that, yeah, he's playing well and he's playing well on the tail end of a campaign as opposed to just getting started. And I also wonder if maybe it's, you know, we hope that we get him that swan song, send off as a substitute, and that's it.
2: Maybe, because, I mean, I would start Morada. Uh, oh, yeah. And, I mean, the the thing is, too, that if Diego Costa was playing, I think he would be in that squad.
1: Yeah. Well, and the other thing is that I were, were the home side of these fixtures reversed, I would be wholly convinced that this was just, uh, you know, Give him his plaudits because if they were playing Liechtenstein at home, then I would just be like, "Oh, they're going to put David V on and take him off in like the 40th minute to a standing ovation at the Bernabeu, and that's going to be it." But they're playing Italy. I mean, this is you know, this is not a pushover team. No. So uh, we'll see. I mean. It could be that they're grooming him for a swan song against Albania in the October qualifier.
2: I but mean, he, he could. I mean, if they beat Italy, I could see him play against Liechtenstein. Yeah, but you,
1: but it's no swan song when you're on foreign soil.
2: You know, mm.
1: like I mean, yes, it is. You're still wearing the shirt. You're still supporting your country. I get that, but it's not you know you don't have the thousands of fans applauding you off the field i i don't know i mean regardless i think that it is uh, a minor but noteworthy nod toward the quality of the mls right you know like we saw sebastian Giovinco, the atomic ant which i find like the whole most hilarious <laughs> nickname uh light the league on fire with toronto and still get snubbed by italy um, by conte in fact but i i mean david via you know is a player who is long on the outskirts of the italian squad and is in his prime david via is a yeah. forever legend for spain as a world cup winner so it's yeah. not totally
2: relatable no i mean and that that's the thing too though if you look at it uh if you look at italy they got andrea belotti who's been phenomenal here at the start of the season. They got Ciri, Ciro Immobile, plays Lazio, You got Eder from Inter, and you got Manolo Gavidiani, Uh Or G- yeah, Gabbiadini. There we go. Gabiadini From <laughs> Southampton. So, yes, Giovinco is doing phenomenally in MLS. I don't see him getting a starting spot here in the no. Italy team anyways. So, no. So it's a tough one when it comes to players like that. Uh, David Villa, Though he's, he, you know, he's he's got ninety six, no ninety seven caps. He, you know, he's done a lot for the Spanish national team, and it could be good to have a player like that uh, since the other strikers aren't as they don't have as much experience. So it could be a good player to have around the team too. So, uh, but yeah, Morada, is he's got to be the guy now. If you don't have Diego Costa, it's got to be Morada.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, we should, you know, speaking of away and European qualifiers, we should talk about the France-Netherlands game.
2: Yes, so France 4, Netherlands nothing. This was a, uh, it turned out to be a pretty one-sided game after the sending off of uh, Strutman for uh, the Netherlands. Um, I mean, what did you make of this game? I thought it was fairly open until France scored. The first goal.
1: Yeah, I mean they they, they just stomped him um, I mean I <sighs> now.
2: And the first goal came in the 14th minute. I should say. Too. Yeah.
1: So Gri- now with this okay, win.
2: So sorry, this is total side note, but Antoine Griezmann looks like a surfer, bro. Yeah,
1: he. Yeah, is this news? Well, I feel like he let his
2: hair grow grow out even more. He does the little thingy now, and then he does the chakalaka sign when he scores. I know he's done that for a while, but man, what a surfer bro.
1: I guess he – I thought he looked like a surfer bro before too.
2: (laughs) LA Galaxy, sign sign him. Oh, God. Um,
1: So correct me if I'm wrong. With this victory, France temporarily passes Sweden – for first in the group. Oh,
2: not, not even temporarily. Well, did Sweden play today as well? Yes, they lost. 3-2 uh, okay, to Bulgaria.
1: Oh, no! Yes. I
2: was talking mad... No, I wasn't talking mad shit before, but um, I was pointing out that, you know, Bulgaria, they have been rubbish against Sweden for, like, the past 20, 30 years. Huh. And then... The Swedish defense was just shambles in this game. It was so bad. Uh, nice goal for them to pick the winner too, but man, that was rough. That was really rough. I was doing the old the old Sweden game on the laptop, and then France uh, Netherlands on the TV.
1: Yeah, I I have to admit, I was I was embroiled in transfer deadline day and was shirking my national responsibilities so i didn't i didn't realize that sweden played today but oh, yeah
2: yeah so france they topped the group 16 points sweden their second with 13 points then bulgaria is in third with 12 points and then the netherlands fourth with 10 points so sweden yeah. sweden is still in a very good spot to be one of the eighth second place teams that goes to the qualification playoffs yeah uh, boy but the netherlands yeah they're they're screwed i mean what has happened I
1: mean, and they're they're still
2: a talented team, is the thing. You know, I mean, if you
1: you look at their squad. Yeah, I mean,
2: here, I'm just going to, this is some of the clubs that are represented in this team. Barcelona, Everton, Lazio, Manchester United, Ajax, Roma, Liverpool, Feyenoord, Tottenham, Bayern Munich, Lyon.
1: Yeah, this is, I mean, this is not the U.S. men's national team by any means. Although I did think it was funny that, uh, oh boy, uh, Robin Van Persie of Fenerbahce got his substitute call into this game. Oh, yeah. And did precisely nothing. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, I, I think that's part of the problem is that right now Vincent Janssen is their starting striker. Yeah. Pets. and yeah he has 7 goals in 14 caps that's really really good but at the same time he's way out of form he's not done much yet, Tottenham and it, I think that's going to hurt them and looking at the midfield you know after Strutman got sent off they, uh, what happened
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know they, they were just bossed all over the field um it was nice to see full cements get a start though. Um uh, you know, if I'm being a little bit selfish. Yeah. But there was a real I mean and it, I mean yeah, playing against France with 10 men, I mean every national team would have a hard time with that. I think France are going to be they have to be one of the favorites for the World Cup.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean they're the I it's, is there a stronger team in Europe? I don't think so.
2: Mm, maybe not. I don't. I. I don't think so. Um, I mean, Germany would give them a run for their money. I think.
1: Yeah. I mean, you. Okay,
2: okay. Touche.
1: I mean, they're the defending World Cup champions. Sp- but Spain
2: I, can be up there too. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, they're I, I, they're the upper I echelon, of course. I, I think
1: I. I think that on current form, I pick France over Germany. I think on overall depth of squad, I pick Germany over France. But there's, you know, they're uh, good. What nine months until the start of the World Cup? Ooh, wow, boy, that's exciting. Even though I hate that Russia's hosting it.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's not too far off now. Not too. Me, not as much as I'll hate Qatar's. So. Yeah. Uh, one last uh, or two little things here. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo scored a hat-trick. Not a big shocker since they were playing the Faroe Islands.
1: How many times did he take his shirt off?
2: I'm guessing four. (laughs) One for each. No. Uh, But Faroe Islands actually scored in this game, which is more of a surprise, I feel like. So 5-1 win for Portugal. Then last game we're going to touch upon is Belgium 9, Gibraltar (sighs) 0.
1: Oh, Gibraltar.
2: Yeah. Thomas um, Munier and Romelu Lukaku with a hat-trick each. So, I mean, Gibraltar is like this. We've talked about this before. I mean, they've been the
1: whipping, you know. Yeah, it's the
2: size of Brooklyn, basically. Um, Probably have less people than Brooklyn, too. I'm sure it has way fewer people than Brooklyn. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, they're they're the whooping boys there. Yeah. I'm going to see, yeah, right now their goal differential is three Three goals for, 33 goals against in seven games. Uh, well, so, at least they got three. Yeah, I mean, yeah, at least they scored. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting to see how things shake up here in the European qualifiers. Iceland in a very nice battle with Croatia on that top spot in Group I. Uh, second break is coming up. And when we come back, it's time for the U.S. men's national team. So stick around. And we're back, and it's time to talk about the United States men's national team as they go up against Costa Rica and Honduras. Costa Rica game is tomorrow, September 1st. and Then Honduras is September 5th. We're going to put in Paulie's mobile take here. And then when we come back, we'll talk about what he said.
0: Hey guys, Paulie with the Mobile Take, and as we as the transfer window comes to a close, we can now fully focus ourselves onto the international break and the next round of World Cup qualifying, which comes again with the U.S. Men's National Team, and that means we get to revisit my good friend Bruce, Bruce Arena, making not headlines earlier this week when he named a 26-man squad for the two games with. Relatively no surprises on it, so not much to, to say. It was pretty straightforward, pretty much going as expected, except when you look at people like Demarcus Beasley and Chris Wondolowski somehow making it back onto the squad. Now, Beasley's been getting called in a lot recently, and I don't even think he's seen the field anytime recently. Wondolowski, same thing. And it really begs the question as to why are they still getting calls? Now, again, he called up twenty-six players. You can only have twenty-three on the match day roster. So, and uh, Wondolowski is one of five forwards. So it's highly likely that Wondolowski won't even be on the matchday roster. It'll be Dempsey and Altidore and Wood and probably Jordan Morris, which begs the question even more, why is he there? We just saw in the Gold Cup two players, Kellen Rowe and Dom Dwyer, who showed that they belong on this team. Now, that doesn't mean that those guys deserve to be out there on the field and starting over some of the other players. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. That's not the point. The point is, they deserve to be here showing the coaches what they can do in training, acclimating with the team in training. Wando isn't going to help this team now. He's not going to help this team in a year. Dom Dwyer probably won't help this team now. Maybe we'll help the team in a year, certainly in two or three years. Maybe not, but possibly. With Wondolowski, it's definitely not. Now, I get Bruce Arena was not hired to think down the line. He was hired to get the team to Russia and manage them in Russia. And then he's going to hand it over to somebody else. So for Bruce Arena to be thinking in the here and now, it's totally understandable. However, even for a manager that's thinking in the here and now, or that's only that knows where the end date of their contract is and how long they will be here, it is a disservice to your federation if you don't have one-tenth of one of your eyes looking towards the future.
2: Okay, so Paulie did his mobile take He's, a, you know, he's he says he has some respect for Bruce Arena and what he's done and everything, and I do agree that Arena is in for this World Cup and then it's bye bye. Yeah, Let someone absolutely. else take care of this team. But I also feel like he has a point as far as maybe people like a Wondolowski, like Demarcus Beasley, shouldn't really be on this team.
1: I the. The, the name the name of, like, who's on the team doesn't bother me so much as who's off. And one of the names that Polly pointed out is the one that I think is, is a crime to be left off the squad, which is Kellen Rowe, because he had a fantastic Gold Cup. And you can't talk, I mean, what is the point of the Gold Cup besides, you know, as its name might suggest, just making money, if not to try young players out, give them, you know, bleed the youth, give them their first tries in the national team. And then but that, if those if those performances don't translate into opportunities at you know, a higher level and a more important game in a bigger stage, all of which is true of this, then what the hell are they even good for? Yeah. Because Kellen Rowe had a great fantastic performance and then dropped for the second part of the tournament. You know, I, I understand the need to bring in, you know, the more senior players for the knockout rounds. That's fine. But he he did phenomenally well for my money. And to see him left off the squad when a player like, you know, Christian rolled for the Sounders, for example, also never been capped in a World Cup qualifier. Also, And the, th- the thing is that, Another, you know, one of the common criticisms of Bruce Arena is that he's just so jazzed on the MLS because that's where his experience lies. Kellen Rowe is an MLS guy. Mm
2: -hmm. Like,
1: I just, it's mind-boggling to me. I I can't wrap my head around it.
2: Yeah, and then no, uh, DeAndre Jedlin, he's just coming back from injury, so he's out for this. Who who do you see take that right-back spot? Eric Lekai or?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that, so.
2: Graham Zuzi. Uh,
1: Graham Zuzi is possible. You know, a player whom I have a lot of time for, who is more comfortable at center half, but I think could slot in there, is Tim Reap. Um He is, I think that he, you know, he had kind of a false start with the men's national team many years ago. But he's played well at Fulham for many years. Granted, they're you know they're no longer a Premier League side. But two years ago, when he played under Klinsman, I thought he acquitted himself very well. Uh, and so he, his was a name that I was happy to see included on this roster, even if on the whole it's still not a roster that I would choose.
2: Yeah. So how do you think that Arena is going to f- – do you think he's going to play with Altidore? Or is he going to go with Bobby Wood?
1: I mean, I think he's probably going to play with Altidore, Um, But that's also, I guess, expect the worst hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, Bo- Bobby Wood is a fantastic player. Bobby Wood is a player who is, you know, the, the brass at Hamburg have been very vocal recently about, you know, we needed to try hard to hang on to him. Josie Altidore is a player who has twice tried and failed in England, thrived in the Netherlands, but then forced to move to England and then floundered and then moved back to his comfort zone in the MLS.
2: What do you talk about? He had one goal in 42 Premier League games.
1: God, oh God. But the th- and I just, again, it, it boggles my mind that he wouldn't stay at AZ Alkmaar for another year because he won their, their them their first ever cup trophy like the first in club history and he scored the championship winning goal like he would have been the first name on the team sheet for at least the entirety of the next season
2: I, and I mean that's really where he got his big break too though because I mean before that he wasn't really scoring goals I mean that Lone Spell Hull was he had yeah. one goal in 28 Premier League games
1: He's uh, – I, I – again, I'll, you know, I hope Bobby Wood is in the starting 11 on Friday. I expect Josie Altador to be there.
2: Yeah, it will be interesting. I mean, look, just looking at the standings now too, you know, if they win these two games, they are – Base. I mean, they're not mathematically – there, but almost they would need like a point in their last two games
1: yeah, I mean they it's it's a crucial game, I mean it's against one of the arguably the strongest other team in the hex um well, I mean it, it Costa Rica at their best can be bad, mm-hmm. but I don't think that. Without Joel Campbell, they're as dangerous, but they're still a good team. Um, I, I mean, you know, you know, like, no, nobody's going to say that Mexico isn't the top dog in this group right now. Um, I think that, that the U.S. has the potential to outstrip Mexico at the World Cup. I'm totally willing to say that right now, but they, they, re- this is a really a must win game. Um, and it's a must-win in part because the pressure is really going to be on away from home in Honduras should they fail to win. Mm-hmm. And, boy, if they take if they take fewer than three points from these two matches, then it's panic button time.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Costa Rica, that's a, I would say that's a fairly tough game. Honduras away is also a tough game because you know that they're going to do everything they can to just – Break up the tempo, they're going to play dirty, and it's going to be. I don't know what the weather forecast is for San Pedro Sula right now, but well,
1: it'll be warm. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, but yeah, there's it is, it's not mathematic. it's not impossible for the United States to be mathematically excluded from the top two places following this international break
2: yeah yeah let's see the average high sorry i'm looking real quick here 92.3 degrees fahrenheit yeah
1: yeah it'll be warm it'll be warm and muggy but they've played warm and muggy games in the united states as well
2: that is true yeah, they play at the Red Bull Arena tomorrow against Costa Rica. Yeah, I mean this is this is a very important game. Very, very important game, and I really hope that I mean if they do end up going with aldor at least I hope that he can do something useful.
1: Yeah. I mean we all do, but it's at this point, it's you know, help us Christian peel the sick here, our only hope. Yeah. Maybe not only, but you are clearly the core of our hopes. With what, five goals and five assists in ten games.
2: Yep. And he's not even—he's still a teenager. Teenager. Yep.
1: Uh, yeah, he's he, he's he's a fantastic talent, and it sounds like based on his um, his press conference from the other day in New York, is that. I mean, he's going to continue doing what he's been doing under Bruce Arena, which, again, you know, strategically, all credit to Bruce, his role has been run anywhere you want, do whatever you want, be the engine and the creative force behind this attacking team, and he does it really well. So, uh, you know, that's – he he is – he is our great hope at the moment. I mean, you know, when we were corresponding, I was saying, boy, I'm, I, I get a little nervous about him in a comparison to Stu Holden, because Stu Holden was also very promising, uh, you know, promising young attacking midfielder. But Christian Pulisic's ceiling is, you know, even player of the season for a Premier League club as Holden was, uh, Pulisic has a way higher ceiling. You can probably hear me knocking on wood.
2: There. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised that Dom Dwyer didn't get a spot here. Wondolowski. I mean, I don't understand why he's in there. I really don't. Yeah.
1: No, I I agree, and I mean that was the other uh, player that Paulie called out. And I, for, for my money, I think that Dwyer, you know, he he deserves a place on this team ahead of Wondolowski, but. I was even more thoroughly impressed with Kellen Rowe following the Gold Cup, and I I find his exclusion to be maddening. Yeah.
2: Hopefully, they'll get a good result against Costa Rica, so we're all happy when we reconvene and talk about that game on Monday. Until then, have a good one. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Norin. Elliot is Keats was better, and Paul is P. Questel, and then give Fenric Sports a follow as well. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye.